you know, but there's no guarantees. It's hard. Like you're especially zero to one, like Vern Harnish who wrote scaling up. I remember seeing him speak for EO. He's like, I would never start a business from scratch again. He's like, only once it's making a million dollars or more. So like that zero to one is very tough. We make mistakes every day in basically every facet of life. Wouldn't it be nice to just skip a few? We'll help you fuck up less. Listen in. So we're starting now, but uh, we're chatting about, obviously just chatting before the show. And today's kind of conversation, we were thinking about where we're going to go on. And as I was laying in bed last night, I don't know why I started thinking of this, but really I was thinking about entrepreneurship is enduring failures to create successes. And there's some, some individuals that are just so good at this part. So if you, I think for some people, they get in a business ultimately because where they see, where some people see problems and they get stuck. Other people say, hey, here's this problems. Here's this opportunities. You know, here's opportunities for me to create something. For some people that leads to like massive innovation, industry changing, um, you know, kind of products, services, companies. So really, I feel like if you're getting into business, ultimately for yourself, it's because of some level, you enjoy solving problems. Yeah. You know, maybe that's the creativity thing, or maybe it's even the, there's probably for some of us, an aspect of like, I guess you could go back to that chip on the shoulder, but it's like, I want to create my own destiny. I want to, you know, I see a problem. I see an opportunity. Um, you know, so that's kind of what I was, uh, I don't know. I was just thinking about, and then as a result of that, dovetailing into times over the years in current businesses or even past businesses, I was thinking about more of my past, one of my past, I guess in my current business in a past state, um, but kind of some of the mistakes, because we talk sometimes a lot about, I think for us, we've talked about uh, successes and where yeah. shit's going. We haven't really, I don't remember, my memory also sucks. I don't think we've dove into sometimes like, oh, wow, I fucked up here. <laughs> I yeah. used to fuck up. No, I, I think it's part of part of what we need to talk about. And, um, you know, it's uh, ironically that that IG story you sent me or that long post with 15 videos and all of them. I was like, wow, I'm going to watch this little quick snippet. It turned out like 15 minutes of me sitting cooking my breakfast. Well, that's the same thing that happened to me. I was like, what, one okay. Point, <laughs> I'm like, how many of these are there? But um, yeah. one thing in that was like where he was talking about he learned from his failures and kind of sharing them with you, right? Like, you know, it's very important to, we've talked about it before, but like failing, but also like extracting the information from that, why you failed, thinking about it, understanding why it happened and correcting it so it doesn't happen again, right? Like we haven't dove into a a single episode on that, but I think it's really important. I mean, failure is one of the most important things that an entrepreneur can have. It's, It's an asset if you treat it the right way. It's how one handles failure. So there's like the saying, you want to fail forward, you know, and if you're pushing the envelope of some capacity in your business, that means you're going to encounter mistakes. And, you know, if you even like, everybody always uses the baseball analogy, like a, a hall of famer only hits 300. So that means seven out of 10 times that person got out. So I think in business, it's like you get those big ass home runs but if you can get a shit ton of singles, but you're going to get out, you're going to try stuff and you're going to make a mistake, but it's what happened. Why did this fail? What can I do to improve upon it? Or like, you know, for us, we're in service businesses. So the mistakes could not, it may not even actually be like in my mind, a lot of times when I initially go to that, I think 
here's this offer that I tried. It didn't work. Yeah. Let me redo it. But yeah. at the same time, it's, it's a lot of it's people. You know, that's one of the biggest. That, yeah, that, that's the first thing I think about is people. Is it? Yeah. Like, yeah like, that's probably been my biggest mistakes. Wrong hires, um, you know, hiring out of desperation. I think it's a lot of times like I've had that fault. Um, not not giving people the, the correct tools they need to. Like, look at, you know, Tim and John, like how much, you know, time and energy were put into them and how successful they are. And now, like Jimmy, another coach at Hepro, like when you really, and we just hired a new coach at Hepro and I was telling Tim and Jimmy, I was like, this person will, do they have the intangibles? Yes. They're going to make it or they're going to break based on like how we prepare them to do the job. Like if we don't give them what they need and constantly give them feedback, test them on the feedback, test, put, give them more feedback, test them on that feedback, and just keep just grinding, grinding, grinding the way that like, we put time into ourselves. If they fail, we can say, yes, we've done everything we need to. But if you know we don't put that time and energy and effort into, into, into the new coach, like, and they fail, it's on us. It's not on them. So I think like you know, failure for me is like, A, hiring the wrong people sometimes, and B, not giving them enough support. Yeah. I was I took a note so I could remember, but I think those are actually probably two of the the biggest. I think for me also I've uh to compound on that, because I took a note, I was like, definitely I've screwed up in business where and probably even when I launched the product business, that's another thing is like the shiny object syndrome. But which I fall for all the time. Not not I'm doing really good now. Um, and I did really good for a period. I'll actually share a conversation I had with one of my, uh, one of my clients as well. Yeah. Just the other day, uh, in regards to this, but I've definitely hired too quickly. And I think that's like, it's like, all right, especially when you at, this was like maybe two years ago. What did it say? Hire like, slow, exactly. fire fast, or is that, is that the, yeah. the saying? Hire slow, fire fast, you know? And I think that hiring super quickly in one of my, uh, businesses definitely got me because, once I started getting a little bit of traction, I saw the exact roadmap of what needed to be done. And instead of really just like really ironing out, making sure that it was happened, I just went and built out this entire freaking team. And then that business got screwed because we ran out because it was a product-based business. We didn't order enough product in time. The next thing you know, we were on delays for months for products. We had nothing to sell. And then two, the ad account got banned, which was driving all the sales for the product. So it was like, Okay, you know, now we're getting a little bit of repeat, but we're still new. But I had this giant team. And because we were trying to do so many things, we weren't getting everything done at the pace that we needed to. It would have been easier for me in that business to keep it smaller. Yep. And then, and, and I still have that business. So actually, I just recently partnered with somebody. I was like, hey, here's all the stuff. A lot of it's been done. I personally don't have the capacity. Here's, it's a great product. We got a lot of the legwork done. Right. And it was actually look. It was around what he was wanting to do, and I've known him for years. So I was like, dude, if you want to do the legwork, you know, most of it's been done. Like, you'll be the operator. Let's go. Uh, so testing that out. I have no idea how that's going to work. Um, but hiring too quickly has definitely been something that screwed me over. And at the same time, too, I've been fortunate where, especially at Legion, I've had some awesome people. Yeah. Where I didn't know, and like they saw the vision of where the business was going. Even sometimes before I saw like. I put down the vision concrete. Like that was a big thing that helped in business was early on. I didn't share what the business actually looked like, where we were going, what like what this big dream was. Cause it also got clearer and clearer cause I didn't have it in the beginning, but I would have some great employees and I didn't always give them the tools. So hiring too quickly. Yes. And then also realizing when you have great employees, not giving them the tools 
in order to be successful or even putting them in situations where they're going to fail, but they're not being like, Hey, that's totally cool. You fail. Like, Hey, what do you need in order to be successful? You know, I had that happen with a, you know, like probably two awesome employees that I had that just towards the end, just went up in flames, the relationship, even though they were phenomenal in really thinking about, they fit the core values. And when we're hiring, firing, rewarding all the stuff, it's, do they get it? Do they want it? And do they have the capacity for the roles they're in? You know, so most of them, like, if, if they're in a role and they don't want it, there's nothing you can do. You got to get it. If they're a good, good, like rock star style employee, like you got to put them into like an A player, you got to put them into another role, put them on a different seat on the bus. But if they don't even get it, then like that may just, they just may not even be able to do it. And if they don't have the capacity, it could be they don't have the skill set yet or they don't have the time. Like those are, those are definitely some issues that I've had where I've squandered amazing team members just because at that point in time, I, I didn't know what I didn't know, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't like, I was just like, oh, you should do this role. Instead of having this awesome employee that had the, the desire to essentially be that entrepreneur and grow inside of the business, instead of being like, hey, you need to do this role. You don't know it. I don't know how to do it either. So I can only bring you up so high. If I'm an eight at it, then you're only going to be a seven, but I need you to be a nine or a 10. Let me go find the 10 to teach you how to do these things. You know, I've kind of gone back and forth over the years where I'm like, should I have actually hired somebody who already had that experience? Because I remember that one time I passed on on hire that when I had the franchise and all my corporate locations that could, that had experience doing exactly that. And I decided was not to hire was the individual. Op- was it an operator or like COO? Yeah. Yeah. So he had like, he was COO, COO kind of operator. And he'd been in like a franchise business that had multiple uh, corporate stores, which I had. And then also all the franchise locations. So it was, it was the perfect fit. It was an introduction from somebody in the franchise space. And honestly, it would have been the most expensive hire. So at that point, I got it was a hire of about 120k annual base plus whatever comp. So at the time, even though the business was massively profitable, I never hired somebody at that level. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, oh, I didn't, I, I didn't pull the trigger, and I really wish I did. Really wish I did. So that's another. I think fumble on my part because then as I kept going on in this business, I was like, I don't know the fuck I'm supposed to do here with this franchise and this corporate location. It's like, I was warned these are similar businesses, but two completely different businesses. So as a result, even though they were both on like rocket ships, then it just started like, I didn't have the tools or necessarily even the guidance to, uh, to understand what I didn't know. So I think that was a, I think when it comes to probably it's team, which is the mo- one of the most important parts of any business, having good team members and not giving them the support to excel in their positions. And then but also- that comes from us being too busy sometimes, like us being too, you know, I mean, multiple business, multiple things. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that that comes from from us being super busy and, you know, focusing on, on multiple things. Like it's tough for me to, I, I split my brain between Hapro and Casey. Like it's really tough. Yeah. It's, it's like, I give all the attention to these employees and I give all the attention to these employees and I give all, and I, it's like a pendulum that swings back and forth. It's really tough. I can't give it all at one time. It's dangerous. Yeah. You know, it's, and that's kind of where you just get back to, and you've talked about this to me all the time and it's just having that one focus. So I was talking to one of our clients or one of my clients, not your clients, but in Gym Academy, and is going to profit and take home essentially six hundred grand this year off of one location. 
Awesome. Who? Hey. Uh, one of your one of your clients? Yeah, one of uh, Yeah, that's his take home. That's not gross for the gym. That's his net off of one location of what he's taken home this year, at least. That's insane. Another mistake that I've definitely fallen into way more than you, but is the the opportunity of the next thing. So it's yeah. like, hey, like I have this skill set. Let me do this. I see the opportunity here. Yeah. And I did it even like throughout Legion. I would, and I, I recognized it pretty early on. Whereas with Legion, it was after my, I think I had two or three locations and they were just absolutely crushing it. And I had already completely pretty much removed myself from everything except for strategic planning and, and, uh, you know, finding our next location and marketing and, and the sales component. Cause we, and at the time we we're doing the large group sales and I started doing like online coaching. I was like, what am I doing? I was like, my gyms are crushing it. Over 90% of my income is coming from the gyms. And yet I'm spending 80% of my time launching this online training business since 2014. And it was getting traction. I was like, this is, I was like this. And I didn't even enjoy it that much because I didn't enjoy the coaching component of fitness anymore. Like I enjoyed operating the business. So I remember shutting it down and then I got focused and grew Legion and grew some vertical businesses into it. But I was talking to uh, the my client and you know he's about to have a great year. And we we're kind of talking about opening up a second location and he was kind of debating between you know these two locations they had and the cool thing with this one location is he could potentially buy that building that was the pro and it's in a decent and he does like small group training so his price tags are higher and he's like it, you know it's got a little pocket of, of affluence there but the density's not really there so it's like i could own this building but i'm not sure how great this location would be you know especially compared to my first location and then which one was this specifically which gym? Yeah. Well, I don't want to. I didn't get permission to share oh, the guy. Oh, gym. one of your clients. Okay, I, I thought you were talking about the locate. You were talking about one of your locations. So, I, I yeah, I no, not one of my locations. Oh, got it, got it, got it. No, so this is uh, his gym. So then there's the other location. Um, he's potentially looking at great market, very similar to his first one, actually probably better. Yeah. But the question then came up was, you know well, should I even do this? He's like, I sometimes go back and forth. Should I even open up a second location? Yeah. You know, and, or what if I, you know, if I actually just keep working on this one, I know it's actually going to continue to grow. Yeah. I'll add another like 10, 20, 30 grand, probably within the next year, just yeah. this location anyway. Um, you know, so I thought that was a really great question. So I was like, well, first off, we got to take a look at where do you actually want to be? So in like in five years, in 10 years, what is your income goal? Like, what do you like? We have to take a look at where do we want to be? What's this vision? Yeah. And then we can reverse engineer it to determine should I open up another location? Because opening, you have one great location that is very stress free with you're making a great amount of money. Yeah, you can make 600 to one or 300 each in two. It's like, why do it? Right. Yeah, like, you exactly. have no clue. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. It's so it's like, well, what do you want? To, like, what's your income? What's well, like, so he's like, well, I want to be, I want to take home at least 1.5. It's like, cool. Well, then just knowing that, we know that's not going to happen off of one location. Right. So you're either going to have to open up multiple locations and then we can take a look at which locations make sense or you're going to have to start another business, which, you know, that's a whole other conversation. So it's like knowing that I wouldn't open up a second location that's not essentially going to be a guarantee of some nature of being as good as my current location or better. Like, because even if one, you know, having multiple locations, you understand that you're going to be 
like the 90 10 rule like this location is going to give me 90 percent if it was just me so maybe that means the future growth that he could have if he's not going to own it or he's only having this one location isn't going to happen it's going to be where it's at maybe a little bit more right so we want to make sure that we're opening up the second location that is going to have a significant impact on increasing it now i also think owning gyms that owning two doesn't actually really make sense so it's two is now you have the increased liabilities. Never you like think you that. go what, one to three is the, is the jump you would either go? have one or three. Yeah, for sure. Like if you're going to have I agree, multiple, you, you got to think about the employee, right? Like you're, you're taking on extra, extra employees, you're taking on extra expenses and now you've removed yourself and like, you can't literally operate one. So like you, like the revenue is going to come down, the expenses are going to go up. It's like inevitable at yeah. first. So yeah. So you're saying spreading it around three is much better. So three locations making 350 instead of one location making 600. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So it's like if you're going to have three, one, it's there's a, in my opinion, there's a couple of benefits to having three locations. One, it's the income. Like you're yep. going to have greater income. Whereas like with two, it might be an incremental amount of income. It might be a significant amount of income. You might, but lose. it also. Yeah, it might like it's like, man, I have like the second location. I got to put my energy over there. I got the stress that comes with a more team, you know, rent, electric, all that stuff. And maybe it doesn't move the needle as much as if you just focused on one location. You know, let's say, you know, for him, we're like, hey, let's take a look at your model. You know, you have one at 600. Awesome. But let's just say each location you're going to make 250 to potentially like 500 from. So with three locations, you're looking at maybe 750 minimum. Well, obviously we know the first one's still going to be pretty good, but let's say the next two just give you 250. It's like, all right, we're going to add 500 on top of this. We're getting closer to that income goal that you want to be. Yeah. So you're yeah. going to have to have maybe anywhere from three to five. If all three of them absolutely crush, it's great. The second one, you know, it's going to have incremental there. So the other thing with multiple for me, locations for gyms, is having those three creates a mini brand for you. So if you are your own, yeah, because you, you know, kind of triangulate them and you own this area. You triangulate, yeah. So it's like we have the the triangles. How I like to open up, like, and that was how I accidentally stumbled on that with Legion. It was like we had Westchester, we had or Newtown Square, then we had Westchester, and then I noticed that people were coming from Wilmington, and everybody told me not to open up Wilmington, but I had Wilmington, which then ended up being like bonkers, 150 plus people yeah. up on opening yeah. day. Yeah, And it allowed all of them to grow because with the triangle, the way I look at it is like the triangle effect is you have in your current gym, you have people that aren't willing to drive maybe 30 minutes. You know, mm -hmm. most people are going to drive 10, 15 minutes max to your location. So you have some people that have probably seen your ads or they have friends or family that live that extra distance. So by going in that area, one, you're already going to have some people that already know who you are. So you're going to have some of that yeah. brand effect. The second thing, when you have those three, now you are like, you are the option. You are the brand in the area. Somebody's going to think about whatever, like weight loss or sports performance, or like, you know, um, you know, removing yourself from pain from this training facility. Like, you're going to be the go-to. So it actually helps increase your market share. Where, like, then it gets tougher for other people to penetrate. So yeah, yeah with three locations, it makes sense. But that's what I was talking. I was like, hey, like, knowing that you want to get up to like closer to 1.5, it's not going to happen with one location. Right. So you're going to have to open up three to five locations which can be done in three to five years, depending on the pace you're doing. And then you're going to be there. And the cool thing is over time, you're stacking and you're putting stuff away and then boom, now you have this asset that's even, especially with multiple locations, all the recurring yeah. ever, revenue is significantly more valuable. At the same token, knowing that you want to have that, maybe that gap of an additional 500 to a million dollars that you want to make in a year, you might also have to start another business. You know, which there's no guarantees, it's going to be hard as shit. 
you know, so you're starting. And that's where I think I saw something the other day. I don't remember who posted it, but it's true. You know, obviously we're talking about entrepreneurship, but we've had tons of failures kind of like what we're talking about today. And I think actually we have in the past talked about like some of the different endeavors that you had before you really started crushing it, you know, but there's no guarantees. It's hard. Like you're especially zero to one, like Vern Harnish who wrote scaling up. I remember seeing him speak for EO. He's like, I would never start a business from scratch again. He's like, only once it's making a million dollars or more. So like that zero to one is very tough. So then it's like, Hey, if I have this income goal, I can go and open up another business but then it's going to take a lot of your time. It's going to take a lot of yeah. your energy. The other business could actually go down. There's no guarantee on it. And now your attention is split between these two different things. So I was like, honestly, if it was, you know, looking back, maybe before I franchise, obviously franchising has been a great thing. It's been some hiccups. But if I was probably to do it again, I don't know if I would franchise again. Or I would have went all in on franchising. Yeah, I would have gotten i would have sold my locations and converted into franchises much quicker i personally think you should just open more locations it's like hey i told him i was like listen if my gyms alone were worth 10 million and then it took me essentially a two to three year period before like the next location was open because i went through the franchise process had to learn it had to work with consultants had to build everything out and then we awarded the location and we and it was awesome like awarded a ton of locations you know, and then we have them opening and then it's getting understanding the differences between a franchisee and myself when it comes to opening and operating in that time period, I could have doubled the business. I could have went from eight locations to 16 locations. I could have went from 10 to over 20 million in value. Yeah. You know, just in that time period, in the same amount of time period with probably the same amount of capital, you know, in order to do that. And it also would have been, you know, obviously a lot of the learnings that I had to go have been to, you know, that I had to learn through that process, um, you know, have been awesome for me and the cool, and obviously then I got to meet you and you got to have absolutely like bonkers success in your gym. Right. And then what's come a from lot that, of good things have had come a lot of, of awesome, great franchises. So it's like cool stuff, but it's like, Hey, if I was to take a look at it, you know, it would have been easier just to focus on that one thing. Um, you know, so that's where I was sharing with him. I was like, you could do the other business if you really want to, you have this little side thing you're kind of starting. Or you can say, screw it, I'm really good at this, and I'm actually going to go create a local brand for myself. And that main location will probably grow. And the cool thing is, like, when you have multiple locations, like, he already is at the point where he doesn't need to sell anybody any month in order to keep on growing or at yeah. least stay where he's at, which is awesome. That's what you want of a, a business that gives right, you current Right, right. St- stability and predictability. Yeah. But it's also, it's going to be easier. It's like, hey, if I put up a second location, I'm going to, third location, it's going to have a multiplying effect for my brand. Instead of being like, hey, I'm going to go do this thing and this thing. And then your energy, it's like, instead of spending a day split between two to three different projects, it's just one, it's the same thing. Right. At every single turn. So that was kind of like um, some stuff that I was just actually thinking about where splitting, the other mistake that I've run into is splitting attention. Yeah. I had a question a little bit ago and I wanted to not, it's a little bit off topic, but I think it's important to ask. It's just interesting and I want to know the answer to it. And I don't think you know the answer to it, but it's just think about it. Like how many people do you think have opened up their second location and have failed when they should have just went one to three? Because like that second location, you know, adds more, like we're talking about like more expensive, not as much revenue. You're splitting your attention. You're trying to like make that jump. Like how many people have gone from like one to two and failed where they would have went one to three and been okay? You know, it's actually interesting because 
a buddy of mine, Matt, he always used to say, you can fake it with two. You can't fake it with three. So yeah. I think I made this mistake actually when I opened up my second location when the first iteration of the model where I had a first location that was successful uh, at that time to my standards. And I was like, cool, if I could do it here, let me do it in the next town over. And it didn't work. Cause I actually didn't have like the foundational components of, which I think speaking specifically for gyms, you can have a good location, like where you get lucky with word of mouth, so to speak, where you're just an awesome yeah, product. Yeah, your service is yeah. super good. You get like, maybe you have a really good niche and stuff like that. And it works for the first location. And then you go, Hey, I'm going to do this again. And all of a sudden, like, if, especially if it's a business built around you, like you Inc, they're like going to where you're going. And that's what happened to me in the, in my, uh, in Legion at first. Like I had, that's a hundred, it's different running multiple locations and systems and processes and like creating a culture and like managing people. It's very hard. It's easy just to open up one location and be successful. Like it's not that hard to do that. No, it's not. It's like, as long as you're going to put the work in, you're going to hustle and stuff. And the second location, I didn't have an acquisition system. Right. Like, I didn't have a way to get new clients that wasn't manual labor, hoping for yeah. referrals or knocking on doors, sending cold emails. Like that was yeah. my initial strategy to get clients. Once I opened up the second location, I was like, oh shit, this isn't working. I'm, I had this very successful first location. Now I'm losing money and I'm almost out of money. And that's where I met Sam. And then Sam was like, I'm going to show you how you can get clients by spending and at the time it was like spend a dollar and make freaking like 10,000 X. Yeah. That's so, crazy. and I still screwed it up initially, by the way. So then, you know, that's like what helped me was, all right, cool. Like I had at the time I had a, a training, like I built out a training system actually pretty quickly. That was probably one of the first things I did. Like I had a great product. So the training was amazing. We even systemized it for the small group. So it didn't matter who was coming in or that stuff or who was writing the programs with me or Andrew at the time. Like, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between who wrote it. And then yeah. anybody could actually, and we, we figured that out pretty quickly where it wasn't like it, you know, even we, even if it was like small group essentially where we would have sometimes 12 athletes at a time and all of them would have different programs, but there was meets and, and part of it were the same. And then it didn't handle, it wasn't like responsible for me to handle their weight. So we actually had that part built. And then when we switched the model, I realized and it was probably from like reading shit like the e-myth. I was like, I need to have a replicable training system. So that was like the easy part. Built that out. I was like, all right, cool. Here's how our here's how our boot camps are gonna look. And people right. fucking loved it. You know, we had it where it's like, here's our rotation, here's how we do it, here's you know how it's gonna look, all that stuff. So it's like, hey, I systemized the training so that we have the same experience and the same product. And that was obviously from trial and error as we grew. Right. We launched it. Cause even when I first launched the boot camps, like I failed three different times to launch them. And then, you know, cause I remember, yeah, it was hilarious. I go off on that. Uh, but this training was done. And then once I, ha I was like, all right, I have a good system that's replicable when it comes to training. So people are really going to enjoy it. Then it was like, Hey, now is the reason it allowed me to open up multiple locations. Cause I knew I could go into any market and this is still true today. I can go into any market and fill up a gym by the time I'm open. Right. And it was because of that. And then I could keep those clients because my shit was good. Right. You know, that's the mistake that a lot of people make is they either don't have a system where they can predictably get new clients. So it's either they're just 
that unicorn individual that really drives it, but it's really driven on them. So it's tough for them to actually remove themselves, yeah. which is a lot yeah. of like really good trainers or they figure out this way to get clients, but their product sucks and they can't keep them. Like that's a big problem that we see. And like when we have like FitPro, we see that all the time. It's like, it doesn't matter if you can keep, if you can get clients, if you can't keep them, you don't want to have to constantly have to sell like Hatboro. You don't have to sell any clients to have a great month. Like you have a ton of clients, you have great energy. It's profitable. It's like the new clients are just icing on the cake. It's replacing right. some of the churn, but the churn is super low. But it's at the end of the day, like you have it set up where it's not dependent on it. And that's the other issue that a lot of gyms get into is they then become dependent in any business. This could be for agencies, consultancies, where they have to get those new clients in order to eat that month. And that's not what you want in a business. So yeah, so I think like the, the they're like the unicorns, the ones that like have the ability to do both, which is really you know tough to find, right? Either you can bring them in or you can keep them, uh, one or the other. But you know when you have both, you're a freaking winner. And I think that's like when asking yourself too, should I go to two locations? Because the question obviously was, how many do you think fail at two? I think a lot fail at two, and I think a lot of them fail at two when they should have stuck with one because they actually didn't sure. have this repeatable system. Sure. They didn't have. But also, you, you gotta, some, some people develop it out of need, right? You develop and find like, oh, yeah. shoot, I need a system. And then you open it like, well, let me create a system really quick because this isn't working. Yeah. You know, or it's like you systemize the wrong stuff. Right. So, you know, that was one of the, the very unique things about Legion and, and how we teach gym owners to grow their gyms is, you know, here's our acquisition system, which we're going to get clients, but also how we get them is plainly, it, it already structures to keep them. So we have that in place. And it also doesn't matter, like a lot of gym owners, they regurgitate the same offer as everybody else. So it also doesn't even become unique to them. So they, they end up just like kind of some nature just becoming a commodity. But then it's like team. You got to make sure that you have leverage in your business with the team. And the way that we do it allows us to have great team members who have a future, who can earn extremely well, but also keeps plenty healthy margin in the business right right so that you don't need like so many gym owners you hear these stories of these in the past like all these million dollar gyms well they're all fucking shut down either the owners went out of business or they went online because they got completely burnt out also because they're like hey i got this million dollar gym but they were making 10 percent right like, hey you can make right. more money with a smaller gym with right. less headache right. so you have to have like all those systems in place like the foundation right. is like got to make sure your pricing is good you got to make sure you actually have a good product that's repeatable. And I realized that pretty quickly was, I remember just, I think I just took my first vacation about a little after a year. I took a, a week off or something like that. It was probably prior, but I just was like, went to, to Cali. I was just, I don't want to be 40 years old and still training people. Yeah. I was just realization. I was like, so I have to, and I don't think at the time I had the desire for multiple cases. The reason I opened up the second location was I just had a great, you know, I had great employees. And I wanted to create an opportunity in the future for them. Give them some more opportunity. So that was the reason I opened up the second location. But I also realized that I needed a system and I needed to figure out the marketing and I needed to figure out the sales and I needed to figure out how to be a better leader and developer of teams Yeah. so that I wasn't training clients, even though I like training, but I didn't want to be training clients. You know, I started my gym at 25. Like I didn't want to be training clients at 15 to 20 years Yeah. on the floor you know, being there in the early morning or being there at night. So I think the problem is for a lot of gym owners that go to, the, and this is any probably service-based business is you have one good location, but maybe it's still very much because of the owner, the U Inc. 
and they go to the second location and they actually don't have repeatable processes and systems in place or there's certain key ways like they don't have a way to actually get clients or they don't have a way to actually build a team you right. know they don't have a way that's not just like them doing everything so it screws them over in the because that's what happened in my second location whereas we were doing the same amount of revenue with all increased overhead because like i would yeah, go to the westchester yeah. location and the clients that would go to newtown square would go to westchester yeah yeah so it's like, tough. Uh, that's so what like, happens you yeah you got like it's yeah it has to be like a system it can't just be a one-man bit like i like how you put it as you ink but it can't be a you ink right you have to like build out a process and a team and, and you have to like you know hold your team accountable to like controlling that experience like you go to a chick-fil-a and the experience is the same you know every single location yeah you go to a Wendy's and experience the same. It's horrible. Every single location, they've done a really good job at that. Yeah. And that, well, that's the thing. It's, you're not going to find a lot of people will knock on those brands like McDonald's or Wendy's and they're like, Oh, they're not the best. It's like, yeah, but pe- that's another thing too, is people want consistency. Yeah. You know, and that's the crazy thing where you're like, people are like, I want to go to this town. I want to experience it. And you're like, you have these amazing restaurants, which obviously are fantastic. But for a lot of people, they just want to know, Okay, am I am I going to get burned on this? I know maybe this isn't the best, but the price to value ratio is good enough for me that I'm going to stick with what I know. And that's what like McDonald's, I think we were talking about this changed the game because of how they systemized their business. Right. And that was like what just changed everything and and that's what great businesses do is they make sure that you have the same experience no matter where you go. At all locations in it. I mean, it's like fucking Waffle House. I actually love Waffle House. I don't know. I, I haven't Waffle eaten a Waffle House in like 10 years. But I'm, I, it's, I'm been sure it's been since college. But I love Waffle House. And it's like, it's consistently dirty. It's grimy. You know, it's not necessarily the best food. And the employees are, you know, characters. It's consistent. Like, that's the brand. And people love it. And it's like, you know, I actually enjoy their waffles. I think they're delicious. Um you know, so I think those are those are. I the used things. to get the steak tip, people... tip and eggs, waffle house. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever, like the the eggs. You have to go there like when you're hungover. That was like the only time, like you know. Oh yeah. Back in the partying days. Yeah. But that's I, when waffle house is good, but that's you need that consistent, grimy, disgusting experience when you're hungover. It just fits your mood. Perfect. Yeah, when you're hungover. That's actually probably another mistake too. Is like once I started getting some early success. I thought it was hot shit. Party too much. You know, that was definitely uh, something I fell into. But that's probably a topic for another episode. Like, like not getting too big for your own britches. Yeah. I think, um, very important lesson to, to to find staying humble, you know, it's why I remember when I first started training people, I was working in a sports performance facility that ended up suing me. But um, I was training a lot of like pro athletes and, you know, they have those great contracts, but you don't really realize. And one of, one of the guys, Albert, who's actually Albert Young, he's a phenomenal, I think he was like South Jersey's. He might still be like leading rusher or whatever, like yeah. just a fucking stud athlete, you know? And that was one of the things he was, he ended up playing behind, I think, Adrian Peterson. You know, if he wasn't behind Adrian Peterson, like he would have been a star in the NFL. But I think he had told me, he's like, most people, like they get in the league or whatever and they go broke because they all of a sudden start making all this money and then they just rise their living standards to the money they're making, not realizing that 
a career is usually three years, you know, if you're lucky. So it's like, that's the average. I think in almost all pro sports, it's somewhere around there. And I could be wrong, at, you know, whatever. So don't quote me on it, but it's, you know, very short. So some people are like, Hey, I'm going to make 500, a million, 2 million. And then all of a sudden they're spending all of that money, but then their career is over and they don't have any. That's of that why I tell you every day, like, all this stuff can end tomorrow. That's why I see getting get, you got to do smart things with your money. So you're, you're good, you know, because God, I mean, hopefully it lasts for 10, 20, 30 years, but if it all ended tomorrow, are you okay? That's the important question to ask, you know, or are you okay? If it all ended tomorrow, are you doing the right things? Yeah, I think so. I think on that note, yeah, I think we good. We'll catch y'all next week. Thanks for listening. If you're learning from us, I want you to share this with other business owners who are hustling just like you. Oh, and don't forget, give us your social so we can have all the info. See you on the next one.